this will be our first broadcast that we're going to do as a podcast, and all of this uh, is kind of new to me. I, uh, I'm excited about it, however, because I believe this is a tremendous blessing that's been created for us by God, and to be a blessing to all of those who uh, really want to hear the gospel, or maybe being shut in can't get out to hear the gospel, so it's a it's really exciting, and I trust that uh, through the process of this broadcast, it'll be a blessing to you and all of those who, uh, uh, you know, will hear. And when you hear it, if it is a blessing to you, be sure and go out and uh, call some of your friends and say, tune in. <laughs> uh, it's been years and years. I used to do radio broadcast uh, when I was a pastor, especially, and TV broadcast. But I haven't uh, done anything like that for, for several years now, so... Uh, things have greatly changed and, and to the benefit of the kingdom of God for sure. Uh, you know, I uh, one of the things that's dear to, the heart, dear to my heart is the fact that there's a move in the earth, has been for the last several years, concerning the prophetic gifts that God has given to the body of Christ. What I'd like to say about it is simply this, that there are four other gifts besides that gift. That's not the only gift. However, in some circles or in some people's minds, they seem to think that that's the only thing that's relevant, which in reality, right now in our present state and time, we, that is, has been reactivated or maybe a better way to say it, brought back to an attention uh, of, um, you know, the body of Christ because we've neglected that area of ministry. Heard an old timer who has gone on to be with the Lord by the name of Dr. Lester Sumrall made this statement and he said that, we, we need all of these ministry gifts because they bring balance to the body of Christ. No one gift has, uh, you know, the whole message. We all have a part, and, and that part needs to be given, uh, you know, as God gives it to us so that it would be for the benefit of building the body of Christ and causing it to be, you know, healthy and well-rounded in Scripture. However, with any new truth that God wants to bring in the earth— you got to realize that the enemy of our soul and the enemy of all that represents God is out to distort and to destroy that which God has given. There's a scripture really been made alive to me here in the last, just in the last few days, and uh, I'm sure many of you are aware of it. I believe, uh, I believe, as the body of Christ, that we are now living, quite possibly, in Matthew 24, at least to some measures of it, and there, and and Jesus was talking about things that would be uh, relevant to the end time. The Bible said in Matthew 24, 3, as he sat up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and when shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world, or the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. That's the first time he used that word. He used it three other times in this portion of scriptures. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many the second time. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. I, I, uh, I'll stop here just for a minute. I, I was reading an article. It's been some time back, and so I don't remember the ex- exact statistics of what I read. But uh, what I uh, was talking about the increase in the early 1900s, say about 1900, 1905 in that area up until now, there's been probably a 300, 400% increase of earthquakes alone in the world. And of course, famine and pestilence is on every hand. 
uh, and, it, and unless there are some major changes, and I, and I would like to say major repentance uh, of people in this world, we're going to have severe famines and other different kinds of things, and the Bible said in different places. So obviously it's not going to be happening in some places, but it's going to be happening in others, and it's a sign of the time. Then he goes on to say, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and shall be and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Now this is the third time that he's talked about, uh, you know, the uh, false prophets. Well, then obviously, I mean, I'm sorry, the third time he talked about deception. And in this time he connected with being the, the false, with false prophets. Well, if there's a true, there's a false, or we could say it the other way, if there's a false, then there has to be a true. So we know that there are true prophets. And one of the things that I have found really lacking in the body of Christ is that little gift that the, the Scripture talks about of discernment. Actually, there's two kinds of discernment. There's the discerning of spirits, which is an operation of the Holy Spirit. And then there's this, this regular, ordinary, we'll say it that way, ordinary discernment that is a product of a believer who has has fed themselves with the Word of God and has been trained real well with the Word of God. And have, on top of that, have had their senses, and I'm talking about your spiritual senses, not your Five senses as we know it, but your spiritual senses uh, exercise a discern between good and evil. Well, you know, we live in a society that believes in situational ethics, you know, uh, and we don't live in a time where people can rightly or easily distinguish between right and wrong. It's not because it's not available, because it's very plain to see. If I said to you uh, and talked to you about murder, of course, everybody would say, well, that's evil. Uh, but there are some things that just as murderous in their operation, but the outward appearance of them is total, totally different, very uh, unrecognizable to the natural eye. And many people will accept some things that are not acceptable to God himself or to his word or the standard of his word. And of course, if it comes wrapped up in a religious cover, then, then it's, it makes it a little more harder to discern and to see. And, and that's in this context of setting uh, or setting and context of Scripture that we read to you. When he talks about things that are take place in the end time and he comes to the point where he talks about false prophets. Well, we know pr there are real true prophets if we know the word of God. Ephesians chapter four talks about that there were five gifts given through the body of Christ, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors and the teachers, evangelists. Uh, and so all of these uh, these five ministry gifts are given for the sake of building the body of Christ, teaching us to walk in truth and unity and faith and various other things that are mentioned there. We'll not deal with that subject in great de detail at this point anyway. But uh, we want to uh, uh, say that there's other scriptures that lead to the fact that we have those ministries in operation in the earth. Well, uh, if I was the devil... And I'm not, but if I were, if I wanted to perpetrate a lie or, or create a deception, especially in the, in the church or the saints of God, amongst the people of God, I would do it in such a way that would not be easily recognizable. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. I've been doing just a little study on some of this um, particular subject, especially the word false. And, of course, in the Old Testament, the word means an untruth or a sham or uh or without a cause, or it could mean deceit, which is what we're talking about, or liar, or lying, or, or something vain. 
you know, it's a, it's it's also connected with uh, verses that uh, uh, talk about it being, uh, you know, perpetrated through the gift of teaching or through the gift of prophetic flowing. And it's to flow as water. One of the definitions means to flow as water, actually, or to point out. It's, so it's a, the whole idea is that there's a deception. The word false prophet is pseudo. Uh, I probably cannot say it right. will do it much damage, but it's, it actually means pseudo prophetess. It means someone who is a pretender or a religious imposter. And that's kind of what I was just saying. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, In the last days there will be seducing spirits come, causing many to depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Well, you know, I think it was something like 30 some odd times that word was used in the Old Testament in various ways and different forms. And uh, and so God intended for that to get across a message to all of us who who will be you know studying and living by the word of God, and so we need to be aware that one of the things that the enemy of our soul is going to do is to perpetrate lies through the guise of religious, religious religiosity, false prophets or false teachers or anything else. So, and I, I've said this throughout our crusades and ministry that we've had in various places throughout the United States and other places in other nations of the world. That many times people, when they receive people, you don't receive what a man says that he is. You actually receive what he is. And that truth, of course, is, is bore out to us in Matthew 15, where he talks about uh, various things that proceed from the heart of a man. Well, you know, if we set ourselves and align ourselves and adjust ourselves under a ministry, not knowing very much about that person, and not knowing what kind of a person we are, they are, then then we find our we can find ourselves somewhere down the road dealing with uh, situations that we didn't want to deal with. Listen to these verses, if you would please. Matthew 15, and he called a multitude and said unto them, "Hear and understand." <laughs> you know, I'm a southern boy from the and and from the mountains, actually a country boy from the south, who could say it that way. And I may not be the smartest apple on the tree, but one of the things that I do know, hear and understand, doesn't take a whole lot of uh, um, ex- explanation for me. I need to hear and pay attention. And my dad wanted to get my attention when I was a boy growing up. If I was doing something I shouldn't be doing, then he sometimes would take a switch or something, something to get my attention. And he said, "I'm going to tell you this, and this is what you're going to do, and we're not, and this is how it is." And through all of that process, I heard and understood. Well. I don't know exactly, I wouldn't exactly say the Lord does it that way, but he does have his switches and he knows how to get our attention. So he said, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth a man. I I often interpret the scripture this way by not taking away from it, and I certainly don't mean to do that. Uh, and that's not our intention, and neither are we doing that. But it's not. But we could say that scripture this way. It's not what goes into the mouth that defileth any man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth any man. There's certain things that come as a result of, uh, uh, you, you know, just setting under something. There, that, that is, we'll say it another way, there's a spirit that's involved, either the spirit of truth or the spirit of error. A man sometimes can say truth. Jesus even said that about the Pharisees of his day. He said to his disciples, he said, hear what they say, but don't do what they do. What he was saying in essence was, they're saying one thing, but they have a different spirit behind what they're doing it. Their motive for doing it, and he talked to us in other places, was to be seen of men. 
They're vain in what they do. And that's one of the words, of course, that's used for the word false. It's, it could be vain. It could be things that, that are perpetrated out of vanity. It's somebody that wants to, uh, you know, present themselves and not Christ. In fact, I probably need to say this because this will be something I will repeat throughout these podcasts and as long as we're on this subject. And we, uh, and that is that uh, you not only just receive what a man is, but uh, you actually become what he is. There's another thought that's in my spirit, and I hope God will help me get that out. So it's, uh, but you, when you sit under that kind of a ministry, that is imminent, that is passed on to you. That spirit that's behind that person, especially if you open yourself up. That's why the Scripture tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence, where out of it flows the issues of life. And one of the things that concerns me is that there is a mass in in flux of of the f- false prophetic taking place in the body of Christ. And it's based on, and, and the reason, the basis for its ability to do so is that there's a lot of people that are really hungry. Hungry is a good thing, but hungry doesn't mean you eat anything and everything. You have every kind of a, 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 a craziness, I guess would be a way to say it, taking place, and people are f- seemingly flocking to those false prophets or those false manifestations uh, because of hunger, they want to receive and be blessed. But if it doesn't concur with the Word of God and does not have basic principles that are based in and through the Word of God, then it's not worth a dime to you and I. I'd just like to say it this way. I'd like to see the church and I'd like to see uh, the body of Christ begin to experience many people coming to Christ, especially here in the United States of America. Uh, I would like for us to see many people experiencing uh, salvation and being filled with the mighty spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and to see the healing, uh, healing miracles of God begin to take place to heal the body of Christ. But instead, what we have going on in in a multitude of places, seemingly, is uh, things like gold dust, uh, things like uh, blood in the hands, things like uh, uh, gems falling out of heaven. Things like manifestations of angels that are not uh, that are this, they're not angels of God, but they're demonic spirits appearing as angels of God, and many people are being deceived based on the fact that they're hungry. Well, a lot of that stuff is allowed to operate uh, when we have that kind of thing, but we hunger for the Bible tells us how to hunger. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So not only are we to be hungry, but we're to hunger correctly. And so, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, people can come in the name of religion, come and manifest some of the same characteristics that religious people do and or Christian people do and deceive many just simply because they're willing to accept anything and everything. But the scripture tells you and I to try the spirits to see whom they're of. And so we have a we, uh, and, and when Jesus made that statement in Matthew, he said this. He said there would be many false prophets in the world, many that would uh, uh, come in his name, actually, or come uh, in the name of Christ, or come declaring the fact that they are the anointed of God. Well, uh, people can be inspired and have passion about certain kinds of things without necessarily walking in the passion of the Lord. When he prompts you things, then then you uh, you know you're going to glorify him, and that was something I wanted to say to you a little bit earlier. One of the true characteristics of a false prophet, uh, one of the things that you need to look for is that whether or not they present themselves. 
A lot of people talk about how great they are and how great things are with them and their ministry. But I believe the scripture teaches, and I believe it this way, that if we lift up Christ, then all men will be drawn to him. A a true prophet has his message based around the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. And, and, And so we... Should uh, when uh, we look for those who are standing in any ministry gift for that matter, we need to recognize whether or not they're trying to take the glory, if we could say it that way, or they're trying to <clears throat> uh, present themselves and promote themselves more than the person of Christ. I tell you, the really the only ill, the only healer for the ills of mankind has and has always will be the person of Jesus Christ, and there's no bypassing. Uh, uh, the the cross and the need to be crucified and die out to self. There's no bypassing to it. A lot of people just want to go straight to ministry without ever having having any experience. I know we met a person here, well, it's been a couple of years ago, and and I know this will sound hard and what what I will say, but it's not our intent to be offensive or hurtful, but our, but to be truthful. And said to me, said, well, you know, I I. Uh, I believe I'm a prophet of God. I said to him very simply, I said, either you're stupid or you know what you're talking about. I said, who in the world wants to go out and draw attention to themselves by that kind of a statement? The fact is, we may be called to that ministry. That may be the calling God places on our life, and there's a proper way and a proper time to say those kinds of things. But to say it in such a way that you brag about it and draw attention to yourself along those lines is simply not the way that God wants it done. I believe that it's okay to declare who you are because the Bible teaches that some of those in the Bible times declared who they are. At least they they knew their ministry. They knew the gifting that they were called to. And so... uh, uh, and that was recognizable by, by, by others in the body of Christ and those around them. And and in reality, ministry, Paul told Timothy when he was talking to him about being and doing the work of an evangelist, he told him, he said, go make full proof of your ministry. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to say something to some of you, just in case you hear an automobile driving by. I'm making these broad guesses uh, from my office, which sits pretty close to the road, and we have neighbors who have loud automobiles. So if you hear something like that, don't be too alarmed. We're not sitting out in the middle of traffic, (laughs) but we are in a noisy neighborhood. Uh, Anyway, uh, going back to what we were talking about uh, we 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 don't want to we want to promote Christ. That's our uh, idea. Jesus or Paul said rather. He said, I, "I don't know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified." Uh, so his his the foundation of his doctrine and the seed of his doctrine uh, was in uh, Christ. We heard someone just recently actually make the statement that they were a better preacher than the Apostle Paul. Well. Uh, that in of it, I mean, that could can could very well be. That's not a, beyond the realm of possibility. But who would ever know? He's not here for us to compare. I would never make that kind of a statement based on the simple fact of what I'm saying to you. That it has all the uh, outward characteristics of someone who's heading down the road of becoming false if they're not already there, and because. When you're vain enough to think that you're beyond a person who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he did that by revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, that is, he had experiences with Christ by revelation. Uh, we know that there was a time and point in his own life where he actually saw Christ, at least at least on two occasions, one, one is at his conversion, and another time, which could have very well been one in the same, we do not know, but uh, for sure, but in any event, he had a revelation of the Lord, 
And that was the person he presented. And when you look at his messages, even though he didn't say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time, yet he uh, uh, preached Christ and him crucified. He lifted up Christ and him crucified. And he did not uh, exalt himself. He actually said about himself, I'm least of all the, uh, of the apostles, and I don't even have a right to have any to boast about anything. He said, if I'm going to boast, and I'm kind of paraphrasing and putting scriptures together, but if I'm going to boast about anything, I'll boast in Christ. I'll boast in my infirmities. I tell you, uh, the truth of the matter is that many of us, most of us, especially those of us who are in the ministry, I don't know if we could bear up under some of those things that the Apostle Paul went through, and, and, and that was as a result of his mighty, or his many revelations from the presence of God and from the person of Christ. And he said that. Many people will teach that his thorn in the flesh was an affliction in his body, but the Scripture makes it very plain when you look at it real closely that he said there was a messenger sent from hell to buffet me because of the many revelations that he had. Well, you know, he his revelation and his preaching, he said, was not with man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Actually, what he could say in the original language in the Greek was, I'm preaching to you under the, under the power, under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and things result and demonstrate as a result of me preaching to you a word that's been quickened and made alive to me by the Spirit of God. So he didn't just preach, uh, you know, to preach, and he was a brilliant man. I would, I am sure that he was well versed in Old Testament scriptures, and he could have very easily waxed eloquent and preached very eloquently, which he did, in my opinion. But he, but he did so only by the anointing of God. He did so by the power of God. He did so by the quickening of the Spirit of God. He didn't do it any other way, and so. Uh, there are many then that are out doing their own thing. They're out lifting up themselves. They're out glorifying them and their selves and all that they do and drawing attention to themselves and to the person of Christ. And I believe that that is one of the things that you could say that identifies a person who is operating in a false spirit. And now, going back to the scripture, Jesus said then, his disciples came to him. I'm in Matthew 15, verse 10. I began and read verse 10 and 11. And he said, it's not what goes in the mouth of a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of the mouth of a man that defiles him. And then he came to his disciples and said unto them, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended? And they heard when they heard him saying, he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And, they, and, and if the blind lead the blind, he said, They're all going to fall in the ditch. And then Peter said unto him and, and began to declare unto him, Uh, uh, he said, declaring to us, or, I'm sorry. Then Peter answered and said to him, declaring to us this parable. And Jesus said, are you yet without understanding? Do you not understand that that which soever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out to draft? But those things which proceed out of the mouth and he, it come forth from the heart and they defile the man or any man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man or any man, but to eat with unwashed hands is not, does not defile a man. It doesn't, it's, so he's saying that there are some things that just flow out from the heart. So if a person may stand before you, talk all the right language, look right, prophesy even, but their heart is not right before the Lord. You know, 
I've said this for the last couple of years because it seems to be something that the Lord has made very real to me, and that is that God is not going to deal with you necessarily on the basis of our action alone anyway. He's going to deal with you on the motive behind why you do things. And Jesus made that very plain in many of his teachings. For example, he said, talking to us men, he said, if any man looks upon a woman to lust after any his heart, he's committed adultery already. He took it out of the realm of acting upon it and put it in the realm of motive, why you're doing it and why you're looking. Well, we can't always see the heart of a person, but eventually it will begin to show forth. I remember years ago I was preaching in the East Coast and was preaching in a certain church, and and I uh, had the quickening inside of me to to pray for people who had sat under a ministry where the the, the, the leader had committed adultery. And, and that church had many people that night who came forward to be prayed for, to have that particular thing broken off of their life. Uh, because they sat under that ministry, they loved him, uh, and and give their heart to him, so to speak. And out of that came uh, defilement in their life. And many of those people ended up in divorce and various other kinds of situations, just like the person they sat under. But maybe that's not the case in every case, but it's more more prevalent than what you would think. Now, I'm going to say something to you. This, this is just kind of the beginning of what we want to do. We want to take a little more time and and. and and deal with some things more uh, emphatically. But I want to kind of give you a little heads up with this first podcast to let you know where we'll be going. We probably won't preach quite as long uh, on all of these, but this first one's going to be a, you know, have a little length to it. I trust it will be a blessing to you. I trust it will be some help to you. Uh, you'll be able to get, make contact with us through the website. Uh, and if we can answer any questions, we'll do our best to do it. If we cannot, we'll tell you we cannot, and we'll direct you to someone we believe that can. Uh, uh, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to what we have to say here today. And we trust it'll be a blessing to you. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I do pray for these that are listening by way of this podcast. I pray that your hand come upon them, any defilement they've experienced in their life, let them be set free from that, and let them be delivered, and let purity and righteousness be uh, established in their life. We pray that they, the Word of God come alive inside of them, that you'll bless them and help them in every way, and we're going to give you honor for it in Jesus' powerful name. Amen to God.